guys, welcome back to the Antisocial Book Club. Kelsey and I are coming to you again from our separate locations, but we're still together. So, yes, we're glad to be back and to be covering a really cool book that we've both fallen in love with recently. Um, lots of ups and downs, and I hope that you guys will be excited about it as well. So, we're going to start off with some would you rathers. And Kelsey, you can go first. Okay. Okay. So, you know I love historical things. Mm-hmm. So, I'm going to ask you this question. Would you rather go in the past and meet your ancestors mm-hmm. or go to the future and meet your great-great-grandchildren? Would these people know that it's me or I just like a stranger they're meeting? Huh. I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they would know you. Hmm. I don't know. That's a really tough question because I, I think maybe I'd want to go back and meet my ancestors. Yeah. But then that also is like in every movie about time travel. If you go back in time, you, like, mess up the timeline. <laughs> Something yes. bad happens. You could probably get erased. So, so I guess if that were not a concern, I'd probably go back and meet my ancestors. Okay. I would say the same. Because I have a lot of questions. We've recently done, like, the ancestry DNA business. And so... Like, I found out, like, I'm part Viking, and um, I'm, like, have a bunch of family members from, like, the Appalachias, and, like, on my mom's side, there's, like, this guy who killed his brother, and mm-hmm. there's, like, a big thing about it, and then also on my dad's side, my great-great-grandfather was, like, in the anti- Horse Theft Club. Huh. That so I'd like to ask him about that. <laughs> well, it was also before. Theft. Yeah. And it was in Oklahoma Territory because Oklahoma was not a state yet. Huh. And so he was in the Anti-Horse Theft Club Society. And wow. I guess, I don't know what they did. I guess they tried to prevent horse, <laughs> horse theft. Horse thefts. Would that be like being like the anti car theft society now? I would imagine. Interesting. I wonder if that's a thing now. People who just gather together and say, hey, we don't nope. want our cars to be stolen. <laughs> Not on our watch. Yeah, it's like a neighborhood watch, but for specific things. For cars only. For cars only. And in yeah, this that's... case, horses. I would definitely want to dig into that deeper. I totally agree with you. Yes. I guess I'd also and... just be curious about, like, how they did things. Because yeah. now it's like, I just order stuff off Amazon. But they're mm-hmm. like, no, we had to ride our horses for, like, yeah. 20 miles. And what if their to, like, horse got their stolen and then they couldn't get there? Yeah, it's tough business. Tough business. And plus, back in the day, like, you got hanged if you, like, stole... Like a cattle hustler, or yeah, you have to a definitely be on hustler. Like your best behavior, <laughs> for yeah, sure. Absolutely. 
So anyway, he sounded like a very interesting man. His name was also Ulysses S. Grant. Oh. That was his first and middle name. The president? Like the president, but then he also <laughs> had the last name of Mars. No, no, no. Oh. Allen. So Ulysses oh. S. Grant Allen. So now people can go look at my family history. But what if anyway. my grandma's last name was Allen? <gasps> what if we're like creepily related? Wouldn't that be something? They were from Oklahoma. <gasps> oh my gosh. How is your Allen spelled? A L L E N. Yes. Same. Oh my gosh. So guys, we've just had a revelation here. <laughs> Kelsey we and might I could be possibly related. Be related. Yes. <sighs> Crazy. I guess I guess also like going to the past, it just seems I don't know, I feel like you know what you're getting versus like in the future. What if like you get there and it's like the Hunger Games or something. <gasps> Like, oh, true story. That would just make me depressed. Like, so we like, read the Hunger I, Games. I don't think I could survive. I'd be dead Mm-mm. immediately. Exactly. So, that's like, uh, you know, recording this in the time of people are talking about zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've seen that tweet, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't understand how people in zombie movies have, like, so much will to live. I would just pass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, I completely agree. I the people yeah. like that fight so hard. I'm like, if all my family is gone, I'm yeah. probably just gonna pass. I'm not gonna lie. I'm just gonna watch wow. Netflix, read mm-hmm. my books until They come get you. Yeah. And that's all you can do. Yeah. That's all you can do. And like I know how fast I can run and I know automatically I'm just going to trip and fall and it's going to be over. So I like that idea. It's just some chill. <laughs> yeah. Just chill till they show up. Knock on the door. Just going to enjoy my final moments. <sighs> I'll finally read all the books <laughs> I haven't read. All the classics. <laughs> <laughs> all the books that keep piling up that I keep buying with no end in sight. I'll finally get around to reading those. Because <laughs> the library system will have collapsed. Uh, I so. would probably just go to the library. And then, like, right. hunker down. Everything's Maybe build there. a fort out of all, like, the Twilight novels and junk like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right. if you're a Twilight reader, I apologize. That was, that was a mean <laughs> comment. That was uncalled for. As somebody who is probably going to read Midnight Sun, I'm... I'll stick up for you, Twilight readers. You know, I almost got that for you as a Galentine's Day gift. Thank you. But I didn't. Because <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> You can't support that. Can't. Okay, so my next question. Super interesting one. I don't know if we've done this one before. Or we might have done one similar. But would you rather be able to talk with animals or speak all foreign languages? Ooh. That's a really hard one. You can know what Theo is thinking. I know, but also part of having a pet is that they can't talk to you. <laughs> I guess that's true. I've and never had the, pets, so. And part of the joy is just being like, they love me. Even if they really are like, ugh, please get away from me. So if I could hear like what Theo's saying, he's like, I just need a moment. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> but, I mean, that would still be cool. Mm-hmm. But you can also travel anywhere. And talk to people and not be 
Yeah. I was like lost and I was confused. Exactly. I don't know. I want them both. I know. (laughs) Because I'm honestly like, I see the cows in the pasture. I'm like, what's going through their mind? Like, they just live in such a carefree life. But then I also think, what if they ask like, hey, where's that big semi going to take me? And I'm like, uh. Can't do it. I have to head out, cow. (laughs) So it's like, they're just a lot of tough questions. That animals could ask that I'm like, ooh. So I think if you decided that you could talk to animals, you automatically have to become a vegetarian because I mean, you yeah. just couldn't, you can do it. If you can talk to something, understand it. I feel like you can't eat yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I picked the languages. I would too. Because, and I'm also wondering... Would this include, like, even long-lost languages? Like, you know, like, native languages that culture has lost over time. The geographer in me is like, that could be real cool. So. That'd be cool. Yeah. I would like to travel the world, talk to everyone, see all the things. So I think I would choose that one, too. Okay. Would you rather... Be the most popular person at work or the smartest? Smartest. Same. Hands down. (laughs) Honestly, I don't need a bunch of people talking to me at work. (laughs) Yeah, we're so antisocial anyway. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And I I feel like people don't really like the popular person. Like, being popular does not equal being liked. Yeah. So I want to be the smartest person. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. Going back to our little talk about the cows in the pasture. Would you rather eat a meal of cow tongue or octopus? Octopus. Because I've had octopus before. I think I would have to go with cow tongue. Yeah. I've had octopus before, and it really wasn't bad. It didn't taste bad. It was kind of like a texture thing. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather go with that. See, I can't deal with the little suction cups. Yeah, they were definitely there. Ew. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. I once... Okay, story time. In the, in the fifth grade, I was at a really rural school, guys. Like, I lived in the middle of nowhere. And so we had this guy who was the uncle of the student who, like, lived in Mexico. So he's like, oh, I'm going to come teach the kids how to speak oh, Spanish, um, like, a couple, couple times a month, okay? It just turned into a massive chaotic party. <laughs> and he often would sing, like, opera songs to us instead of, like, actually man. teaching <laughs> <Spanish>. <laughs> And, like, because, like, we're kids. We don't want to learn. So we're like, oh, you were, you were in, like, an, you know, unknown opera thing? Why don't you, why don't you sing us some things? And he did, very loudly. Um, but, yeah, we didn't really learn Spanish. But we also had a big fiesta at the end where he brought octopus and Spanish soda. And... Yeah. It was the most disgusting thing I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I don't think you should be judging 
octopus based off that experience. It was a bad experience. <laughs> like, you could see the little octopus's little tech suctioning cup things and its little legs. It was dead. Was it moving? I was like, was it alive? No, it was dead. But, like, there was no how spices. How was it prepared? Yeah, I was like, how is this prepared? There, nothing. It wasn't fried. Like, if it was deep fried, I probably could have handled it a little better. But this little this little octopus was like straight. I don't even know where you got. We're in Oklahoma. Where do you get octopus? Yeah, there's a lot of sketchy things about this story. I think maybe <laughs> you should give octopus another try. I just maybe. feel like cow tongue would be so chewy. I think they're both a chewy texture. But I know in a lot of cultures, like I have a really good friend who's like, "Heck yeah, we eat cow tongue," and they like slice it up and make like cow tongue tacos. Um, so I'm like, maybe that could be good. Yeah. I'd be willing to try them both. I just know what octopus tastes like, so I'd probably go with that one based on my comfortability level. Yeah. And also, my dad, you know, backstory, my parents have, like, a little farm out in the middle of nowhere, and so, like, they have cattle and stuff, and so, like, we butcher our own meat. Like, I've never really had grocery store, like, hamburger meat or like beef um so like we always had a freezer full of stuff and you can like put down like what you like if you want to keep the tongue you can keep the tongue and so as a kid I like had this like dream prank that I always wanted to do I wanted to thaw the tongue out to where it's like a tongue you know it's all gross and slimy and I really just wanted to hit my sisters with it in the face. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know if that's weird or funny. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought I was funny. I was like, I'm just going to hit them with the cow tongue. <sighs> that never happened. But my dad tried to cook it once. And all I remember is being grossed out by it. I was also a kid. So, I don't know. And it's not too late to live out this dream. You know, it's not. I'm just going to show show up like on Melissa's doorstep and be like <laughs> slap her with a cow tongue and run away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how she'd feel about just that. Just drive away. Which would be a long drive just to slap her with a tongue. Yeah. <laughs> and then hop back oh in the car. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh gosh. <sighs> yeah, she lives like three hours away, guys, but I don't know. To see the look on her face, it, it might be <laughs> worth it. be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, let's do one more. Okay, so this is something that happens all the time. And I panic about both. Would you rather lose your keys or your cell phone? Hmm. I need my cell phone. Mm-hmm. So if I'm leaving the house, I can leave without my cell phone, but I can't leave without my keys. Yeah. And my keys have, like, my ID attached to them and my credit cards, so. Truth. I feel like it'd be easier to replace my phone. It would suck, but. Yeah. I think that's what I would go with. And my thing is, like, if the zombies do come, I can get in the car and I can drive over them. My cell phone's not going to do much. There's not going to be any cell reception. The towers are down. Yeah. So, I actually did have this situation happen once and like I've been terrified of it ever since I lived in an extremely 
tiny town in the middle of nowhere. It was really sketchy. Um, and I locked the keys in my house, but I had the fo- my phone. Couldn't get in my house. I worked for the Department of Human Services, and I, like, had to go pick up kids that day and take them places. So I, like, had to call a friend who I knew lived in the area. I was like, please come help me. I'm like, it's, like, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I'm stuck outside in the dark. Oh, my gosh. It was scary. But, yeah. She dropped me off at work, and I called my mom, and my mom sent my sister and her, at the time, boyfriend to, like, open up the house. And I, as I said, I live in a sketchy place. Like people are getting murdered, like down the street and like thrown in concrete cement holes. Um, the name of this town, I will keep <laughs> anonymous because I don't want them to find me later on in life and be like, why are you telling secrets? Um, but anyway, um, discovered that my house, the whole time I've been living there was not locked and I could have just chopped in a window what? to get the keys. Oh but anyway... I felt so panicked because I was just stuck in the dark in a sketchy town. So, yeah, I think I'd rather make keys, too. Yeah. But anyway, I hope that wasn't too lame of would-you-rathers. No, I liked those. Good things to think about. Good things to think about. I think the Ancestor one was my favorite. Yeah. (sighs) One day, Ulysses S. (laughs) Grant Allen. (laughs) Do you have an Ancestor named that? No, just last name Allen. Oh, darn. Yeah, because that would stick out. Although I could, speaking, I really don't know Okay, much. one last story, and then I'm done. I know I've had a lot of stories. I'm sorry, guys. But I did meet a long-lost cousin hmm. at my school. Have I told you this, Kelsey? No. So I'm at the school doing my thing, and I noticed, like, I, have an, I used to have an unusual last maiden name. And so, like, I see that name on our, like, school contact list, and I don't think about it, because you never hear about it, but I eventually meet the guy, Hmm. and he's, like, my dad's age, and he's, like, I tell him, like, oh, your name is so-and-so, and And he's, like, yeah, and I was, like, well, my last name used to, that was my maiden name, he's, like, oh, really? He's, like, where did you live? I'm, like, you've probably never heard of it, it's in the middle (laughs) of nowhere, he's, like, Oh my gosh, that's where my parents were. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I think we're related. <laughs> but anyway, um, Jamal's really good at the Ancestry.com business. And he like dug into it. And it's like 300 years apart, but we're cousins. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. But both of our sides of the family never knew each other. And they live like 10 miles away. So I don't know how I feel about that. But. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Shout out to my new cousin, Steve. <laughs> Yep, we now work together at the middle school. Such a small world. Such a small world. So, anyway, let's get on to a book. I've been talking, like, too much about myself. I'm sorry, Kelsey. It's okay. I like to listen. I just had to get it out. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't know about you, Kelsey, but I'm, like, super pumped about this book. Yes, I have a lot to discuss, a lot of thoughts. I do too, and honestly, this is one of my favorite authors. I've loved her for years, um, especially her book, The Nightingale, which is fixing to be a big movie, um, but we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about Firefly Lane by Kristen yes. Hanna. Yes. Which has been in the news lately, Lock This Now a Netflix show. Yes. Which we'll, we can discuss more later. Absolutely. 
But like I said, I I've been a fan or a fan of Kristen Hanna for a long time. I first read her book, um, The Nightingale, like when I was in college, and of course I love historical fiction, and I just think she's a fabulous writer. I just automatically fell in love with that style. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and read some of her information if that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So she has a really cool website as well, uh, and I took all this straight from her website. So, Kristen Hanna is an award-winning and best-selling author of over 20 novels. Um, her novel, The Nightingale, which I talked about earlier, um, is fixing to be in a movie, as is um, Firefly Lane. Um, and she's got some other books that are in the process of becoming movies as well. So, a lot of stuff from Kristen Hanna we're going to see a lot of in the future. Uh, Kristen is a former lawyer turned writer who lives in the Pacific Northwest with her husband. Her novel Firefly Lane became the runway star bestseller um, in 2009, um, a touchstone novel that brought women together and um, also The Nightingale in 2015. Uh, it won some BuzzFeed awards, best book on Amazon, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, she's just really had a lot of success with that. Um, I follow her on Instagram and she seems like a really cool person as well. But I think it's interesting that she used to be a lawyer. It is interesting. She writes these incredible books. I feel like a lot of authors used to be lawyers. Yeah. That's kind it's of a like hard a common job. theme. Yeah. Interesting. And I didn't realize that she'd written so many books. Oh, Yeah. Um, I was in Target the other day and almost like the whole, there's like a whole shelf dedicated to all of her books. Because I mean, of course, when you go into Target, you have to will buy the book section. Of course. Even though I do try to buy from more independent bookstores these days. Support your local bookstore slash library. Yes, for sure. Yeah, very cool. Are you ready for a summary of Firefly Lane? I'm ready for it. Okay, this is the summary. In the turbulent summer of 1974, Kate Malarkey has accepted her place at the bottom of the 8th grade social food change. Uh, then, to her amazement, the coolest girl in the world moves in across the street and wants to be her friend. Tully Hart seems to have it all. Beauty, brains, and ambition. On the surface, they are as opposite as two people can be. Kate, doomed to be un- uh, uncool forever with a loving family who mortifies her at every turn. Tully, steeped in glamour and mystery but with a secret that is destroying her. They make a pact to be best friends forever. By summer's end, they become Tully and Kate. That's all smushed together. Inseparable. For 30 years, Tully and Kate buoy each other through life, weathering the storms of friendship, jealousy, anger, hurt, and resentment. They think they've survived it all until a single act of betrayal tears them apart and puts their courage and friendship to the ultimate test. (sighs) Guys... I know Kelsey and I have already talked about this a little bit, but this movie, or not this movie, this book was so good. It was so good. I really It was like a fun, kind of light read, and we'll talk more about that. But yeah, it was really good. Um, Another great one from uh, Kristen Hanna, and I think it was a great debut novel for her like this is the first one that came out that was really popular so um 
Yeah. I liked it. I like that it went through like their whole lives, basically. Like I like books mm-hmm. that start when the character is young, and you get to follow them for several years. Because mm-hmm. I like to know where people are going. <laughs> I and do what they're too. Gonna do. Absolutely. So now that you guys know like a little bit about the author, probably a little bit about this book, um, now would be the time to go and read it if you haven't done that yet, because spoilers are ahead. And there's quite so, a few for this book. A, there's a lot of spoilers, and I don't want to give it away. I almost gave it away here in a second, and I I don't want to give it away for you. So yeah. we'll so see you later. Now. But please come back. Yes. Yes. Come back after you've read. Okay. Do you want to know some um, bookmarks about this book? Oh, you have bookmarks for me? Yes. So on the I Amazon... too. On the Amazon ranking, when I compiled yes. this list, this book was number 12 overall on Amazon, which wow. is pretty impressive. And I think that's because of the Netflix show that's coming out. I think so, people too. want to read the book. Um, it was number one in contemporary literature and fiction, number two in friendship fiction, which I didn't know that was a thing, <laughs> yes. number two in family saga fiction. So it's doing mm. pretty well. All the book circles, yeah, are loving this book. And I loved how there's friendship fiction because I was going to say, like, I read this, like, over Galentine's Day. We were supposed to hang out on Galentine's Day, and I was really upset. But here in Oklahoma, we got snowed in, iced in. We couldn't go eat waffles. And so I decided to read this book, and it happened to be about friendship. And I loved it. It was so good. Yeah, I like reading books about friends yeah for sure especially like you said like 30 years it's a long time it's a very long time yeah are you ready for some reviews <sighs> i think okay i'm usually pretty pumped but i don't know i don't know what people are gonna say about this one so overall this has a 4.6 out of 5 stars on amazon and that's okay. out of 10,100 overall ratings. Okay. 74% gave it five stars. 17% gave it four stars. 6% gave it three stars. 2% gave it two stars. And 2% gave it one star. So pretty much four, five and four stars overall. Okay. So let's read a five-star review. So this one, the title is Still Sobbing. (laughs) When I was halfway through this book, I wasn't sure I'd finish it. I disliked Tully so much for always upstaging her best friend, being so narcissistic, and at times downright nasty. I was mad at Kate, who couldn't seem to stand on her own two feet and was constantly apologizing to Tully for simply being herself. But I couldn't put this book down, and in the end, I came to understand their friendship was a real deal. Finally, Tully was able to put her uh, friend first, I haven't cried reading a book in a long time, but this story emotionally grabbed me at the end. I'll definitely recommend this book. I thought this one was interesting because I do kind of feel the same way about Tully at times. But I also, like, Tully went through a lot of trauma with her mom. And I think that kind of is still seen as to how she relates to people. And how that just affected her ability to 
have relationships with people. I think maybe, I agree. I think Tully definitely should go to therapy though to work some of these things out instead of taking it out on her <laughs> friends and those around her. But I do have an understanding spot for Tully and like what she's been through. Yeah. I love this comment because I felt this, like, all the things, I felt all the things, okay? From the title, still sobbing. Guys, (laughs) I sobbed hard in this book. Like, Jamal was, like, looking over at me like, are you okay? Like, what is going on? And I can count on my hand, like, how many times books have made me cry. This is the worst I've ever cried in a book. Um... But, yeah, all the things you're like, I can't stand Tully. But she has gone through a lot, like you said. And I love that you're our um, podcast therapist here and can, (laughs) you know, say, yes, she needs some some healthy, some healthy therapy. To be fair, so does so does Kate. Everyone needs therapy. So I think they could both learn a lot from just talking a few things out. Like, and like some of the things that they both kind of did to each other. Like, I know they've had a long friendship and they're like sisters, but like, I could never imagine doing something, some of the mean things like that, like never calling you again. Yeah. Yeah. Or just like never answering you. Never answering. And it's also, I do feel like Kate put a lot into the friendship and that she had like an understanding of, you know what, like if I'm going to make this friendship work, I'm maybe mm-hmm. the one that has to reach out. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that like until the end. That Absolutely. she was the one who was willing to reach out. And I think for Tully, who does have, seems to have a lot of attachment issues. I think that is something that Kate gave to Tully. And that mm-hmm. that's somebody who it is safe to attach to. Mm-hmm. Although Kate kind of was pushed to her breaking point at a certain point in the book, which yeah, I don't blame her. No, to be honest, I would have been a lot more upset than Kate was about whenever Johnny was in the hospital and mm-hmm. Tully did that. For me, mm-hmm. that probably would have been huge. Like, don't do that. Yeah, I probably would have said, "I never, I never, I don't know if I could speak to you again." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, to me, that felt like a bigger betrayal than what yeah. happens at the end. And I was really surprised. I thought, this is skipping ahead, but... So in the book, Tully and Kate, like, the big breaking point is that Kate's having a lot of issues, like, with her daughter Mara and just, like, getting along, like, with teenager, teens and mom stuff. And mm-hmm. so Tully's like, well, bring her on this show and we'll talk to her. And I thought even Tully just, like, bringing that up was going to be... Mm-hmm like, the betrayal point, because Kate had already made a point about you use everybody for your own success and, like, Mm -hmm. don't use my family for that. So I was really surprised that Kate even agreed to that in the first place. I did, too. I really did. I was surprised, like, when they went on that little friend getaway thing, and she's like, let's just bring her on the show, and, like, blah, blah, blah. I was like... Which... Okay, like, being a teenager, if my mom brought me onto a live nationally syndicated television show yeah um i would not be okay with that like that would make things worse not better so that was the part of the book that i really didn't understand i was like how will this help the situation yeah i didn't understand any of it 
Like, I'm so confused as to how that was even a solution that we thought about. Yeah. Like, what? That's going to make things worse, first of all. Exactly. And if I'm being honest, the part of this book that dragged for me was the part about Mara and Kate. Just because I was like, I, I'm kind of over reading about teen angst and just mm-hmm. like being mad for no reason. Yeah. And at a certain point I was like, I just, I don't want to read about this anymore. Yeah. I know it was like a big point in Kate's life though. And like, I got it. I just think it might've just been a little bit overdone. Yeah, I feel like that part of the story definitely dragged for me. Yes. I have another five-star review, which this one... Okay. I didn't mean to segue into this, but it says no. very long is the title. Did not plan that. Um, it says the title says it, the book is very long. I don't know. Oh, there, the title, never mind. But it's also filled with emotions and normalcy, filled with pages after pages of feelings and happenings. This is life, but in words. All the regular things we do today, tomorrow, and did as kids. I've read that people find this book to be drawn out and boring, but I think you need to want to read something like this to be in the mood for real-life stories. Recommended for anyone looking for regularity, normalcy, and everyday life. If you need something to uh, ground you deeply, then this is for you. Not recommended for anyone who would like an adventure, because it is an adventure, just not the kind you look when you think of as an adventure. There's no real action, no horror, no big romantic love, although there is lots and lots of love and fear and things happening. I think this review has a really good point mm-hmm. because, yeah, there really isn't any, like, exciting action. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess Tully's rise to, like, stardom, probably like, the most exciting thing. Mm-hmm. That's really the only not normal thing that happens, especially from Kate. I exactly. feel like her life is pretty much a normal life most people Yeah, like, the, she's got the soccer mom kind of thing going on. Yeah. So, your stereotypical, yeah. But, yeah, that was a good review. Um, I It is definitely an adventure. Like, just life is an adventure. You know, it's not super about, oh, we're going all these exotic places, but it's, like, just the adventure of all these milestones in life. Yeah. And how they were there for each other. It's kind of like the message of Up, the Pixar movie, <laughs> about how... I think his name is Carl, the old man, mm-hmm. who, by the way, looks just like my grandpa did when he was alive. Um, but I think his name is Carl, and he felt bad because, like, his wife died, and he felt like they didn't have this great adventure. Mm-hmm. But then he reads their adventure book, and she had filled it with, like, all the normal things. Because <sighs> that's, like, the real adventure. Exactly. It's not that you go, like, exploring. It's that you guys lived this life together. I think that's a good reminder because especially with COVID, like, I'm like, oh, I wish we could go do that, experience all these things because I feel like Jamal and I really haven't traveled, but we are living this journey together. Like, yeah, yeah. we're living through a freaking <laughs> pandemic together. Yeah. That's an adventure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So that's a good reminder on just life as well. Definitely. Let's see. Read another. This is a three-star one. It says, too old for this. It says, while I can see the appeal for younger women, I am 68 and couldn't finish it. 63% into it. It got tedious and frankly put a depressing spin on being a mother of three as or a career woman. 
I guess it may be sympathetic to both sides, but I got bored and thought it dragged with not enough to keep my interest. I raised three kids. Yes, it wasn't um, always easy, but at the point I quit reading, nothing was even happening. Just pages that reminded me of being exhausted with no joy, but another day of motherhood. It lost the story zing. I can get that. And I, I get that for, like, us who haven't had, like, children or families yet. You know, yeah. that's an adventure coming down the pike, you know, that we haven't experienced. But for people who have, I can see, like, this is, like, going back to all those exhausting days like that that uh, reviewer said. So, I get, I get that. Yeah, and I do, like, this person says, like, it doesn't offer a very positive look at, like, either path these women chose. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting because... I think as women in this society, like, mm-hmm. if you're working, well, you should be at home and be a mom. If you're being at home, being a mom, like, well, you should be working. And so mm-hmm. it's, like, either way women choose, it's, like, there's no, there's no good option. Yeah. yeah. At least on it's presented, like, and so, you know, Tully, like, she chose career and she's lonely. And Katie, mm-hmm. she chose family and she's overwhelmed all the time. So like I like that perspective yeah because you read about it but like how you're saying it like oh Tully had all the fame she's lonely we see that but then also kind of seeing Kate as well she you know she was overwhelmed yeah it kind of made me scared to have kids one day I'm not gonna lie (laughs) honestly (laughs) I think this I mean I have not had children or anything close to Mm. it but this book did seem very negative about having children mm. and about like I'd be interested on like a mom's or a parent's Level. perspective about like how accurate this was to their experience because mm-hmm. like the moms in my life like they don't have this negative of an outlook yeah uh, yeah so I yeah. do think the book was kind of negative on moms so but also kind of, there, yeah, tell us, is this, is, what, yeah. do you, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, like, is this what it feels like, or do you feel like this was too negative? And I think it was also negative to career women, too, mm-hmm. of, like, if you choose your career, you're going to be lonely and die alone. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, yeah. again, like, either way, there's no winning. Exactly. Like you're just screwed both ways. But I think... So that was kind of the Also, if you look at Tolly's character, though, like, she didn't really strive for that. She didn't really want that. I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like there were several times when she, like, said that she was jealous of Kate. Yeah. And once Kate, like, became an adult, I don't think it really ever said that she was jealous of Tolly. Mm-hmm. But it definitely made a point of oh, saying you know. that Tolly was jealous of Kate. You're right. It didn't. That's an interesting perspective. Yeah. Ready for a one star? Let's hear it. This is just too sappy. So sorry, sorry, but I thought it was pretty lame. Felt like a book for very young girls. I know the message about breast cancer was important, but the story was just not compelling. Some of my fellow book club members loved it. Cannot understand why after we read some really great books. It was, yeah. Yeah. I think it was a good book. I mean, there are some things, you know, that were like, yeah, 
this is, you know, we don't know, understand some things going on here. But I think overall it was a pretty, pretty good, interesting story um, about friendships, ups and downs, adventures like we've talked about. Yeah. yeah, I guess if you're one of those who like isn't into the gushy feelings, this isn't the book for you. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. You know what? Like every book is not for everyone. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. But I do like how this uh, book review person talked about the breast cancer. Yes, I actually have some more information on that topic. Okay. So this book, which I never heard of this before, so I think that's actually really important part of of this book. I was talking about inflammatory breast cancer, which, Mm -hmm. again, spoiler alert, Kate discovers that she has this and she, she dies. From this cancer. From this. Yeah. Um, so it's a type of breast cancer. It's a rare type that develops rapidly, making the affected breast red, swollen, and tender. So it seemed like versus other breast cancers have like a lump. This is more like mm-hmm. something that you can see on the outside. Um, so like this article, which I apologize, I did not get the article name, but I apologize for that. I think it was on like the Mayo Clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, it says it can no. easily... Be confused with a breast infection, which is more common um, cause of breast redness and swelling. Um, So seek medical attention if you notice that. Um, And so since it can be easily confused, like most doctors prescribe like an antibiotic. Um, But if you take the antibiotic, it doesn't go away for like a week or so. That could be a sign of something more serious. So make sure you keep talking with your doctor about that. Just to be clear, like we are not medical doctors, so we cannot Absolutely. give you, we cannot give you any medical advice. But I think these are just things to be, like, aware of. And because I had no idea before I read this book about this type of cancer. Oh, yeah, I think they mentioned that it's a pretty rare form, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I I loved how the the book did bring light to this because I've never we've never yeah. heard of this before, and like having family members who have lived through breast cancer. <laughs> Um, I think it's really important to make things aware of that, especially for us as women, we're supposed to do like all the self checks and stuff like that. And I love how it mentioned that in the book. Yeah. Um, so just another thing to think about and be aware of. After I read it, I was like searching the internet, like the May, I'm pretty sure I looked at that Mayo Clinic, like, oh my gosh, do I have this? Just some things like to be aware of, because like even Kate says, like I've done all my self checks and she just thought this was like. You know, I think she thought it was like a yeah. bug bite. Um, some risk factors so that you can be more aware if you fall into one of these groups. So um, being a woman, so although men can get breast cancer, it's much more common mm-hmm. in women. Um, being younger, so it's more frequently diagnosed in people in their 40s and 50s. Um, as well as being black. So black women have a higher risk of inflammatory breast cancer than do white women. So if you are part mm-hmm. of any of those groups, just maybe do like an extra check or two. Yeah, um, just and if you be self-aware. If you see something, say something. That old, <laughs> our old friend. It's yeah. better to check or say something than it get too, too far, too far. Like we saw in the book, like she just didn't know about it. And because of that, it got to the point where like, there's nothing that they could do in the end, which is really, really sad. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I guess like this type is very aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so if you catch it early, there's a much better chance of mm-hmm. surviving. So just be aware out there if you're listening. Just yes. do a little check. 
Yes, because I definitely did did a little check because I was like, oh my gosh, what if I have this right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, are you ready for some discussion questions? I'm I'm really ready. Okay, and these are all from ChristianHannah.com. Really? No shade to her, but somebody needs to check these for spelling errors. Like, Mara's name is spelled inaccurately, so if anyone from the website is looking... Maybe just give these a quick once over. Um, mm-hmm. So, like I said, a character's name is spelled wrong. So, interesting. Anywho, anywho, anywho first question: Do you relate to Tully or Kate more? I would say that I related a lot to Kate because Kate is the underdog in this book. Like everything that, like her younger self, like. I tried to, like, fit in with other people, but I, I really didn't. And, like, kind of like her, I kind of got made fun of, and I was kind of the geeky girl that was always reading. Like, I loved how she loved Lord of the Rings and Bookmark. Um, that was one of Kristen Hanna's favorite books growing up was the Lord of the Rings. So I loved how she mentioned that in it. Um so I related to that. I related to like, especially when it came to like her feelings for Johnny, like, especially as a younger person, like a lot of my friends were preferred over me. And so that really hurt. Like when I had crushes on boys in high school, but yet my friends, the friends that I did have, you know, were kind of chosen over me. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like, she just wanted to, you know, she wanted to find love. And I related a lot with that because, you know, I didn't, I was a romanticist. I, I loved to read and I wanted to find my Prince Charming. And Kate wanted that as well. And so um, I just related to her in a lot of different, and I feel like she was the one that took care of her friends. Um, she took care of Tolly a lot. Yeah. And I feel like in past friendships, I, I'm happy to say, like, the friendships that I have now with Kelsey and my other friends, like, I'm finally understanding what healthy friendships are because in the past, like, I was the one that was taking care of everybody, I, taking care of everybody, almost, like, used in this situation. And I don't exactly say that Kate was being used, but in a lot of ways, she, she kind of was. Yeah, I think there are definitely some boundary yeah. issues. Yeah. For sure. So... What about you, Kelsey? Which one did you relate to more? I feel like I relate to them both. Mm -hmm. I definitely relate to the part of Kate that, like, is not chosen and then, Mm -hmm. like, doesn't feel like people choose her first or, like, other... I definitely was not a cool person in high school. Yeah. (laughs) So I definitely... I wish we could have gone to the same high school. I know. We would have been friends. Me too. But I also relate to Tully in that I would say I'm not a romantic like Kate. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm that's not always been like a focus in my life and I definitely have chosen like the more career oriented path mm-hmm. and just like the more school path and like focusing on that and so I did relate to that part of Tully of mm-hmm. you're like whoops what happened like not everybody is like <laughs> paired up and you're just like I have my career so I definitely related to that part of Tully but I also related to Kate of just like being quieter Mm-hmm. Like, not really getting that much male attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, your friends be the one that's, like, is your friend dating anybody? And you're, like, 
I don't know. I used to hate that. <laughs> I know, right? But I don't want to use that part of Kate. <sighs> that being said, I don't know. I'm going to go to our next question. This, okay. It kind of addresses this issue. So the Kate Johnny Tully triangle, one of the fundamental underpinnings of the novel. How does Johnny really feel about Tully? How does Tully really feel about him? How do you feel like Kate is a part of this? I'm going to be honest. I mm-hmm. am, like, way more petty than Kate. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, once somebody either, like, rejects me, like, they pick somebody over me, that's kind of it for mm-hmm. me. I'm out. Yeah. And so I guess I didn't get that part of Kate of just, like, being so in love with this person that really hasn't given her the yeah. time of day. And that's, like, in love with her best friend. Mm-hmm. And even, even at the end, when, like, she's dying, and they have, like, their last romantic moment, and he's like, it's always been you, Kate. How could you not know this? Ugh. I know myself, and I know even if <laughs> I was dying with cancer, I'd be like, but it wasn't, though. It mm-hmm. wasn't always me. It wasn't. You didn't pick me from the start. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think I could do that. I don't know. I what is What like... is your perspective? I had some love-hate with this triangle because obviously, you know, Johnny's first pick was Tolly. Tolly wasn't interested because she's, like, living her life, her best yeah. life. But Kate's like, hey, I'm available. Mm-hmm. I'm cute. You know? <laughs> I'm here. Um, I'm here. Yeah. And he's still, per- like, and she has to hear about this person, like, falling in love with the her best friend. Yeah. And, and they like, like that broke my heart. They like because, slept together and Kate yeah. had to hear it. Oh my God. I could not get from that. That was even worse. That was like cringy for me. I think I would have been done after that. Same. Um, and especially like, I hated that Kate was like, okay, I've got to get over this guy. I got to find a new job because we can't work together anymore. And I loved how she found her, like, her own way from both um, Tolly and Johnny. She's like, I've got to just do what I need to do. Mm-hmm. But yet, after she finds her own job, her and Johnny hook up. And I'm yeah. like. I just, I guess I wanted more for Kate, if I'm being honest. I, I did too. Like, I wanted and, somebody who, like, would pick Kate. Which, like, maybe. Yeah. Which, maybe that's not fair because I think that her and Johnny did have, like, a really good love story. But. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just wanted I, more for her. I did too. Like, I don't want to be anyone's second choice. Same. And like, she was, she never had like a relationship. Like, this was one of her first relationships she's ever had. Yeah. And, and like, I get that. Jamal and I, you know, Jamal's like the first serious relation I've ever had now. We're like happily married. But like, in the situation, like, you're the second pick. This is your first. I, I, I think I just wanted more for her as well. Yeah. So I, that, yeah. And I didn't like that Tully kept putting Johnny, like, in these situations mm-hmm. that were not appropriate. Especially, like, since Tully knows, like, the mm-hmm. history. But I did like it how, it seemed like, like after Kate had her miscarriage, mm-hmm. I liked when Tully was like, oh, like, Johnny really does love Katie, and this is not, like, a second choice, which they made me not, like, Tully very much, because I was like, excuse you, like, how yeah. could you 
think like your so best friend. Yeah. Like how could you think like your best friend's marriage is like a consolation prize? Yeah. So that bothered me. But yeah. I, at like the little moments like and I was upset with Johnny too because he would go out and sit on the deck with Tully alone with a glass of wine. Yeah. Talk about their feelings. Like, I was jealous for Kate. I was like... And then, yeah. like, on the dance floor, and they were dancing, yes. and he got upset. I was like... I, I thought that it was, like, the betrayal was going to be about Johnny, and that Tully mm-hmm. was, like, going to sleep with Johnny again. So I was kind of relieved did that too. didn't happen. Because <laughs> I was like, no. And at the beginning of the book, where it wakes up, and it's talking about, oh, she's next to... It doesn't say the man's name. I'm like, oh, yes. gosh. And I thought that was what the big betrayal was going to be. Why they didn't speak for so long. Yeah. I thought Tolly stole Johnny. Same. And so when it ends up being like the uh, you know the show that breaks them apart, I was really surprised. Me too. Because I saw I saw Tolly and Johnny Johnny come in. <laughs> I was like, I can't yes. emotionally deal with this for Kate. Yes. I also so. like I understand it's a book. Like there has to be some kind of mm-hmm. like drama and tension. But I wish, like, a book that focused so much on, like, female friendship, like, a big part of it wasn't yeah. a man. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was kind it's of like, we're bummer, not in but... high... I mean, they were friends in high school, but they're not in high school anymore. Yeah. Like, it doesn't have to be about that. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, so, I don't... Yeah. 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 Also, really quick, how did you... I feel like... You know, going back to Tully kind of just using her, I think Tully really used her family in the end because she didn't have one of her own. And, like, how did you feel about her relationship with Mara? I feel like she, this is a place where the book wanted us to know that, like, Tully was mm-hmm. jealous of Kate's life. Mm-hmm. And that she was thinking, like, if I married Johnny, I could have been Mara's mom and I could have, like, be doing it better. Yeah. Which, like, Nobody, nobody can like walk in a parent's shoes. Mm-hmm. Except your parents, mostly doing just the best they can each given moment. So I feel like it was. I feel like Tully was trying to be helpful, but she wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I liked it when Kate's mom was like, "Hey, you're Kate's friend. You're not Mara's mm-hmm. friend." So like, remember that. Yeah. But I. I did love the aspect that Tully was still able to be really close with and like almost be this aunt figure. Like for my close friends, like that's how I imagine my family is like my close friends coming over and my kids absolutely adoring my friends, you know, just, just being close. Um, so I love that part, but I did, I do think that Tully did overstep a lot and that really kind of made me sad for Kate too, because she was trying to take that away as well. Yeah. Which my next question is kind of about the big event that took place so so at the near near the end of the novel when their friendship is on the rocks both women feel wronged Mm -hmm. so certainly Kay has ample reason to feel betrayed but what about Tully's similar belief do you understand why Tully was upset too do you believe that a friend should always reach out even when great pain has been caused or do you believe that true friends would never hurt each other like that so it's a hard one for me um I think Tully in her own mind, yeah, she thinks she's wronged. 
But Tolly's kind of had like an unhealthy, she's had a lot of traumatic events in her life. And so she's always kind of playing the victim like, oh, everything, you know, is about me kind of situation. Yeah. And I don't think she's able to see like the hurt that she's actually caused Kate. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think Tolly was more really self, self-absorbed. Yeah. In herself. Yeah. Because even throughout the book, Tully has this air of like, well, if you support me and my success, like, then you should be willing to give me like full access to like, mm. exploit your life. <laughs> Which, yeah. It's not fair. So I think whenever we saw no. this with Johnny, whenever he got injured, mm-hmm. like that boundary again was crossed. And for me, that seemed bigger. Yeah. But. I don't know, like, in breaking off friendships, that's hard. And, like, sometimes you just, you have have to do what's best for you. Like, if you're in an unhealthy situation, and, like, this person, you know, is just asking so much of you, and you just can't, you can't give anymore, like, I feel like you have to do what's best for yourself. And I wanted that yeah. for Kate sometimes. I'm like, you just need to break it off, you know? Yeah. This is unhealthy. Um, but, you know, you're always going to have those memories with that person. Um, so I don't know. I've just never had really great or relate friendships until, like, recently in my life. Like, he, like I can say, like, at this point in my life, I have had the truest friends that I've ever had. But, like, looking back, like, 10, 15 years, like, during my high school days, I, those were not friendships. Yeah. I mean, so this one's hard for me. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. I think that's, like, the boundary issue. Like, sometimes, like, you have to have boundaries. Mm-hmm. Actually, like you said earlier, like, Tully and Kate were, like, sisters. Yeah. So that's also hard when somebody feels like a sister, but they really aren't. Yeah. Because, like, being someone's sister is different than feeling like you are. Yeah. And so I think that's kind of a hard line to walk and I feel like sometimes it is easier for certain people to reach out to other people. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like people have to be willing to meet you. Halfway. Yeah, or even, like, what they can. And I just feel like Tully yeah. sometimes didn't try to meet Kate at all. Mm-hmm. Like, she never apologized. Which I kind of wish that Kate had talked to Tully about that. Yeah. And, like, whenever she did call, she'd be like, Hey, look, like, this thing I'm struggling with is that we have these arguments... And you never apologize. Like, what's going on? Yeah. I think they just need a better communication. I think so, Just like too. any relationship. They just needed some communication. But I feel like we've been dogging all these points. But I really did love this book. Like, there's some great gems in here. Like, yeah. I love, like, their early, you know, Kate was, Kate was there for her totally a lot during her traumatic events. Especially, like, um, you know, she was... And this disclaimer, you know, this book does have some pretty, pretty graphic things that do happen in the beginning with Tolly where um, she's raped and Kate was there for her when her mom was so, you know, out of it with Mm -hmm. the drugs that she was using. Like Kate was like Kate's family was there for her. And And I thought that was really 
beautiful. I love their little midnight bike rides. Yeah, I freaking love that. Um, yes, I loved that Tully like went to live with Kate and her family. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole time I was like, that's the solution. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, I have to go yeah. to foster care. I was like, just live with just Kate. Call. Yeah, just go, just call Kate. <laughs> and so I liked that, and I liked that they still mm-hmm. like wrote letters, like we're friends, you know, they didn't live yes. in the same place. Yes, I, I, I like this book a lot, and I feel like just because you have, like, some concerns about things doesn't mean that I didn't like mm-hmm. the book. And yeah. I feel like these weren't really concerns. They're just, like, things to think about. It's just everyday things. kind of, yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's a, a sign of a good book. It's like that it gives you lots to discuss. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, everybody is not the same, so it's like Tully and Kate are not us. And yeah. so the decisions they made... Not what we would have done, but it's out there. It's out there. <laughs> so, which speaking of, there is a second book. Yeah. Which that kind of goes into the next question, which is what role do you see Tully playing in Mara's life after this book ended? Which so I purchased Fly Away. Mm-hmm. I have it on my bookshelf. It just came in the mail yesterday. Um, I plan on reading it. But I'm also scared after we've kind of talked of, like, is Tully kind of going to get full control, everything she wanted, now that Kate's gone? Yeah. And so, like, I can see Tully stepping in. But I think that after the end and, like, how her, Tully and Kate were so close in the end when she's dying and their friendship is kind of built back up, I think... Tully has a new perspective of Kate's life. Because she helped a lot, like, cook, clean, take care of the family when Kate was dying. And I feel like she's got a new respect for Kate and all she's done. And I feel like she's going to want to play the mom role. But I feel, I'm hoping that in this book, she's going to take a step back. And be like, your mom was this. But Kate also asked for Tully to watch over her as well. So what do yeah, you think? I hope that it's more of like, like, like an ant roll. I'm not going to read the second one until mm-hmm. you tell me <laughs> Tully and Johnny don't get together. Cause if that happens, I'm just going to pretend like that book doesn't exist and go on living my life because we talked about Honest, this earlier. Yeah. But there is like this trope of like when somebody dies, their best friend marries their spouse and I just, I don't understand that. And that happens in, like, every movie yeah. and TV show. Yeah. And I just, I don't want that for Johnny or for Tully. So at this and point, honestly, then that would also put Tully yeah. of, like, also being the second choice. So yeah. it's like, nobody wins here. And, yeah, I just, so if that so happens, like, I'm not, I'm not going to read it. And I'm going to pretend like it doesn't exist. I'm scared now. <laughs> um... But I will read it, and I will tell you. Yeah. But, like, when This Is Us, when yeah, Kate shows up at the door with, uh, was his name Johnny in This Is Us too? Kate and Johnny? I don't think so. I don't remember. I haven't watched This Is Us in a long time because it I got just really it. too it, sad and depressing. Yeah, I gave up on it as well because I was crying constantly. Yeah. But it happens in, like, everything. Yeah. And I just, like, does this happen in real life, or is this just... In, like, TV shows and books, because I I just, just saying this, like, 
I don't want to marry any of my best friend's husbands. Yeah. And I just... I would ugh, I be upset from the grave if you did. Right? I'm like, excuse <laughs> <Yeah>. me? <laughs> like, this just, is my territory. It just feels... Ugh, yeah. Especially if it happens, yeah. like, immediately. I think in This Is Us, to be fair, it was several years down the line. Which yeah. is still weird, but it's not as weird as, like... Like, I would want you to be there for my family and, like, look out for them. I don't want but not you that to much. Take over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if that <sighs> happens, yeah, I'm just that doesn't exist for me. So I'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> yeah. It's sitting, it's staring at me in the <laughs> face right now. Fly away. Yes. It is called Fly Away, by the way. If you have read this book, you're like, oh, I just I gotta know. Um, yes, it is Fly Away, by Kristen Hannah. Yes, but like we so. said earlier, this has kind of got like a renaissance, this book, because it's now a show on Netflix, sorry, starring mm-hmm. Katherine yeah. Heigl as Tully, who Katherine Heigl was in Grey's Anatomy. I know her from mm-hmm. like Make-A-Wish, or Wish Upon, mm-hmm. no, Wish Upon a Star, the classic Disney Channel movie, but she's also in 27 Dresses. She was in a lot. She's in a lot of good stuff. And then Sarah Chalk is Kate, who's like in Scrubs. I Met Your Mother, lots of other things. Mm-hmm. I did start the show, but I didn't even finish the first episode. Some things were very, like, were identical. Like, mm-hmm. whenever Tully loses her mom, like, in the crowd, that was exactly the same. But other things are not the same. So I didn't make it through. Mm-hmm. Maybe eventually I'll go back yeah. and watch it, but... I I just don't know if I can. If it's, like, too set from the story, like... The story is, like, set in my mind. Don't know if I can do it. Same. And I just feel like sometimes, like, a show is, like, a big commitment. Maybe it was, like, a movie. Yeah. But I just feel like if I've already put all this time into reading the book, and that was, let's be honest, it's usually better. It's a big book. Yeah. Like, I don't really want to dedicate another, like, ten hours to, like, the same story, but worse. (laughs) If that makes sense. So, I might come back around eventually. I do like Katherine Heigl and Sarah Truck, so I think their yeah, performance was really good. And I, and I kind of knew, like, that they were cast in that before, so I did read the book picturing them, like, in my mm-hmm. mind. And, I did, too. And Johnny, he does look exactly like I pictured Johnny, but I didn't know who that guy was, but... Although he has, yeah. like, an accent, which does Johnny have an accent in the book? Well, it did mention that he grew up with, like, missionary parents. So maybe that's it. It's... Sounds kind of like and an so, Australian Like accent. in another country. So I could see maybe why he would have that. Yeah, so. So if you want to watch it, it's out there. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. So you got to watch it. Yeah. Um, tell us what you think. Should we watch it? Should we take the time to do it? Yeah, does it get better? Does it get better? But we hope you guys like this book as much as we did. Um... I just love this author so much. All of her work is great. The Nightingale is great. That's actually going to be a movie. Um, The Great Alone is a more recent one. And I can't wait to read The Four Winds. I think it's about like the Great Depression and the Dust Bowl. All my favorite things. Well, they weren't great events, but you know what I mean. (laughs) It's my jam. Like, I just recently yeah, read, it's called sure. The Worst Hard Times, and it's literally just about the Dust Bowl, which is, has a lot of interesting facts, people. 
that I would love to tell you about sometime. But anyway. <laughs> I was just say, like, overall, I did like this book. I think it gave lots of things to think about, lots of things to relate to, lots of things to think about how you would handle something differently, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Also, we didn't talk about, like, how it kind of, it's not in present time. Like, it goes through, like, yeah. different eras. And I kind of liked that about, like, because I think actually, like, totally in Kate, like, my mom's age. Yeah. So that was interesting to read, like, maybe, like, what it would have been like back then, like, the music references. Like in the 70s. Like, the current events I love that were the happening. music re- So I, yes. I did like that part. Like, the fashion choices. Yes. I love that part. And I meant to mention it earlier, like, when they're talking about going to all these clubs and all the music is playing. Yes. And, like, the big puffy shoulders. Yes. And- <laughs> the shoulder pads. <laughs> and, like, the fair yes. faucet hair. Yes. I was like, yes. So, I did like that part a lot. I did too. I think I think she did a great job with this book. Um, yeah, just a lot to talk about. And like you said, you know, even though we don't agree with everything, it's a, it's got a lot of conversation pieces in it. Definitely. And so with this book also, um, I think if it's cool with Kelsey, we'll do a book giveaway again. Yeah. On Instagram. So if you're an Instagrammer, go find us antisocial book pod um, podcast on Instagram. Um, we'll try to give a book away. We've already done that with Rebecca. So yeah. Just some and fun stuff like that. Give us comments, send us emails. Yeah. If you disagree with us, are you a Tully or a Kate? What is yes. your perspective? Have you married your dead best friend's spouse? Yes. We, send we us a DM. We want to know <laughs> Yes. The thoughts Tell on Tell us that. what we're missing. <laughs> what yeah. are we missing? We want to know. What are we missing? Tell us what we're wrong so. about, what you thought of the book. We want to hear from you. So, so subscribe, comment, do all the things. We love you. Bye. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> from the book note. Mm. We out. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us on the Antisocial Book Club podcast. This podcast is hosted by Kelsey Krubitzer and Martana Carter with producer Jamal Carter. Please follow us on Instagram at Antisocial Book Club Podcast or find us on our website at antisocialbookclubpod.com.